Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 25th, 2012. Newcomers, I always suggest you use the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully you'll start to understand this big system you've been born into and how the reality that you believe in has all been carefully constructed for you. And uh, it's been like that for a long time. Your parents went through the same system. They had their own indoctrinations and their grandparents too. Very old system and set up a long time ago by so-called experts. And I guess they were experts really of their day. They understood the mentality of mass communications, of basically controlling of huge populations. Very old technique, going back thousands of years, obviously, since there's always been nations and there's always been uh, those who rule and those who are the slaves. Nothing has really changed. Uh, Charles Galton Darwin said the same thing. We are in the, we are in the process of creating a, a more sophisticated form of slavery, he said. That was in the 1950s. And it's, it's here. It's all here. And often they use your own drives, instincts, and so on that everyone has, and they use it against you to basically degrade you, bring you down into a state where you're easily controlled. And uh, there's lots of info, so help yourself at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Listen to the audios. I'll give you a lot of the names, the foundations behind it, the funding, and how they got together and created the the construction of a world-type government. It's, It's been here for a long time. Wars are created by them, too, to get what they want, even world wars. And uh, it's astonishing for most folk when they wake up to realize that nothing that they really believed in is actually real. Uh, it's like all the agencies for government help. You, you think it's out there one day if you ever need them. Uh, they're out there until you do need them, and you, you, it's completely unlike anything you could ever imagine. Most of them don't exist, or you're not eligible for this or that or the other. And, um, and if you do get into any of them, you're really groveling. You're, you're treated like a child, and they run your life for you. That's the, that's the system that you really, really live in. And remember, too, you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, I don't bring on advertisers as guests and, and sell you stuff that's going to make you live forever. I just uh, try and give, get the truth out there to people. And, and it's really worked. It's really, really worked in the whole patriot movement. Years ago, started turning around from its navel gazing and looked at the whole big planet and realizing that all the laws that are passed are passed across the whole world at the same time, right down to the smallest laws, right down to your building codes, all from the United Nations. So buy the books and discs. Remember, too, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. You can use a postal money order from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal as well. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome. And what I do is go through what's happening now and always go back to the past uh, when they talked about it maybe even a 100 years ago because 
a big business plan in big international corporations, and that's what the world really is run like. It's really run by that, in fact, to be honest with you. Uh, they'll have their investments and even takeovers and potential takeovers worked out 10 years down the road, 50 years down the road, and even beyond, especially in investments and things like that too. So we run the same way. The United Nations uses, uses these plans, 5, 10, 15, 50, 100, and so did the Soviets. It's no coincidence because you see the bankers who run your lives and you thought it was all capitalism also created and ran the Soviet system as well. You cannot get change without the conflict and they must always create conflict and bring you out to the new system. That, that's the resolution that comes out of conflict, you see, the Hegelian dialectic. So you're living through a planned agenda. Planned agenda. Very minutely planned at that. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and you know, people have no real idea, most folk have no real idea what's going on in their worlds. They read the mainstream newspapers, and they're kept busy with sports and trivia. They get little diktats, I call them, coming down from above, uh, and never explained in any depth whatsoever of laws that are passing, and so and they, they just sort of ad- adapt to it and adapt. And they, like Jacks Ilal said, they don't really think about things or reason uh, through things. They adopt opinions and um, they're given to them by others, experts generally, they come on television, and that becomes their opinion. It's a form of osmosis, he described it, as, as opposed to a reasoning process. And most folk are unfortunately have been trained to be that way. And he also said too, remember, and it's so true, uh, that you've got to have early education in the standard school systems we have in order for your subsequent uh, uh, propaganda to take on you, to actually work on you. So you're primed, it seems, at school. And when you grow up into an, an adult, uh, then it, it, propaganda takes to uh, very well on you. You're, you're prepared for it somehow or another. And as I say, most folk really don't really reason through things. They're given opinions by experts. And you'll notice not almost every television show, when anything's announced about anything that, that matters, really, um, there's always two immediate experts there who chat it out. And you're left to take this opinion or that opinion. You're always given a choice of two in most things. And it doesn't matter anyway, because you're only given part of any data. And you can't, you can't form your own opinion, really, honestly, unless you get all the data, and you'll never get that from mainstream. Their job is to keep you lulled into a, a form of hypnosis. And people stare at that television, their jaw drops, just like the children, and they're oblivious. They zonk out after coming home from a hard day's work, a boring job, generally. And that's the system we live in. It's not a natural system, obviously. And the more unnatural it becomes, then the more people um, behave in an expected way by those who've studied us for so long. They know what they're doing. But it's hard for them, it's very, very hard for them to believe that anybody, especially in a socialized system, and the domesticated system, that's really what it is, socialism, 
then it's hard for them to believe that anybody's got any bad intentions towards them, especially from those they expect to, above them to, to really be taking care of them. It's very, very difficult. And uh, when you give them evidence of the fact that they're being poisoned, uh, the vaccinations, uh, from the, the, the very, you know, societies that are investigating this in science itself, uh, they still don't want to believe it. They would believe a famous person on television that they're so used to, or maybe a Barbara Walters coming out and saying something, but uh, that's how they're trained. But if someone else, no, they, they, they have a hard time with that. Because somebody would do something about it. That's what they'll tell you. Well, if that was happening, somebody would do something about it. And that's why everything happens to the people, because they're always waiting for somebody to do something about it. But not themselves, you see. And that's why it's easy to control them. So it's hard to go through even the whole history of eugenics. It's a very old history. In fact, it's ancient, in fact. Some societies used to make their, the, the, the mothers would be taught by ancient priests in ancient times to put boards on the heads of the children and make them flat. We even had them in the Americas as well, the flatheads. And, uh, and that was the kind of fashion they were taught, but it was also a way to, to get to heaven a bit faster. Maybe it gave you a point so you could cut through the atmosphere when you zoomed up there after death. But uh, whatever it was, the fact is, of course, it alters the brain function because the, the brain is being crushed in a very, uh, a very interesting place too because it's the part that gives you your personality and your ability to, to hold yourself in check. If you get frontal lobe damage, like many people do, in accidents, they have personality changes and have a massive outpouring of, of temper, etc. And much like the psychopaths do when they can't get what they want, the ones who rule us. So, as I say, it's very difficult for the average person living in the happy land. Even when things are getting tight with cash and so on, they still want to believe it and it's happy. You turn on that television and there's all the smiling happy faces on every ad. Your regular uh, comedies are on, everybody's laughing, so things must be okay. And that's how you, you really are, you work out your life, your position in it. Everything seems okay, so if something's wrong with me and I can't afford to keep going the way I'm going, then it's got to be my fault. You feel like a failure. And we saw this through the, the constant, I would call it the constant depression that Britain's always been in. They've never really had a break, you know. And um, in the 70s and 80s, they, they had so many suicides there, they overtook Sweden. And, uh, and no one was talking about it. You know, they'd mention the death rate going up and so, but no one really did a program about it on television, uh, because you're supposed to be happy during depressions. But what was happening was the individuals were thinking, it's going to be my fault, I'm a failure, especially the young people. And, uh, they were committing suicide. But it's not their fault at all, because they didn't know, they didn't know that the end of World War II, that Britain signed deals with the U.S., and the, 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 the land, or the, it was a leasing Marshall Plan deals and so on. And uh, all the grants that were given and loans that they were given, part of the deal was to unite them with Europe and the condition that they would deindustrialize. Way back then. And so from the 50s on, gradually, gradually making it harder for big companies to stay in Britain. And remember, for every big corporation that manufactures, there's a lot of spin-off industries that also service the main manufacturer. And they didn't know that. No one was telling them the truth. They didn't tell them that 1948, the first office to set up the total integration of Europe into a world government. They weren't told that was happening then either. 
Every prime minister lied their, their teeth off because, you see, every prime minister, even before then, right up to the present, is a member of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is the Council on Foreign Relations, which has branches across the whole planet. Now, this super-Soviet parliament they have for the whole of Europe has its own branch of the Council on Foreign Relations, and it's run by George Soros. And you think you've got democracies and things. But it's so interesting to see that people like um, you know, Weishaupt talked about they would, they would get around governments by being the governments through very rich men, philanthropists, philanthropy like Bill Gates, you see, and Rockefellers and the Ford and Carnegie's and all the rest of them are out there. They run thousands of non-governmental organizations that are constantly lobbying government. And the government knows what it's all about because the guys at the top all belong to the same group at the top that comes from foreign relations. The general population are simply out of the picture, or as George Orwell said, the proles don't count. And part of it, too, was depopulation. We've signed deals with China. You know about the G20? Well, they've got their G70. And um, I've I've set mentioned the articles here from their own, own website in China where they've talked about the West must bring their populations down in accordance with China's policies. The United Nations also uh, has said that China is the model for us all to follow. You know, you can get rickshaws, it's always a way to get work going and stuff like that. And bring your populations down, one child per family. You see the totally socialist Fabian communist system in Australia today where they put the right person in at the right time, no doubt about it. This is where bided their time and put her in, because it's the right time to put her in. And they're going to they're peeling through the noses with carbon taxes and bring them down into poverty. Because, see, all the first world countries have to go down almost into the Stone Age, as we finance all the other third world countries to come up to a certain standard of living. And as they cut and slash your hospitals and everything else, we are paying for theirs to build them. The redistribution of wealth across the world that the big bankers wanted through Karl Marx, the guy that they put up there to start the whole kit and caboodle going with socialism. They like socialism, the bankers, you see, since they created it. But it's hard for the average person to grasp. Very, very difficult. And, um, and meanwhile, mind you, doesn't matter how bad it gets, they turn on that television and the jaw drops, the eyes just bug out and, uh, and, and they're under hypnosis and laughing at some ridiculous comedy, or whatever it happens to be. Depopulation and making people sick too, that's a big part of it. You cannot rule and conquer people who are aware and sentient. To be sentient, you have to be, uh, you have to have not to be poisoned with your food or inoculations. When you're hit in the womb, in fact, when you're actually hit in the womb with stuff like bisphenol A, it, it Alter. It's not just a gender bender for males. It also attacks the brain. Uh, there's um, an article here. I'll put this up tonight. It's a YouTube, actually. And um, it's about... And if you scroll down on this link that I'll put up tonight, I'll put all these links up, but you also see uh, related articles from governments and so on on bisphenol A and from the scientific community, but a lot of government ones, where they have actually have it listed also as a neurotoxin, a, a, a really bad neurotoxin. So, you see, that's why we're all a few points short in the IQ level today, and we're a bit slow in picking up what's really happening around us. 
because we've all been hit very quickly. As I say, in, in ancient times, just put a board on the head of the baby. Today, use chemicals and vaccinations. But it's very good. It says 93% of Americans have, have bisphenol A in their blood and urine, and it's from Brass Check TV. So you can look at that and scroll down, as I say, and get all the links from the government uh, that verify it all for those that want to know. But no one should be, be using plastic today. No, You know, you shouldn't even buy your meat in that ridiculous clear stuff that they put over it. It's all plastic. And the foam that they put it on to. I guess in everything. By design. By design, of course. You see, it's so easy to take everything at face value and say it's all coincidence. Oh, it's all just mistakes folk made in the past. Oh, no. No, no, no. Bisphenol, they knew in the late 1800s what it did to the human being. Nothing is new. And there really are evil people out there. Of course, they, with moral relativity, they wouldn't say they're evil. They're just practical. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and talking about how we react or behave in certain ways. We're all all predictable, more so than ever today, because all the data that you put up on the so-called public air or the Ethernet or whatever they want to call it is is their property. It's anybody's property. That's what they claim, and these governments do. And it's fair game for them to grab out of the air and, uh, and use all that data. And it's, it's bad enough when your governments are doing it because governments really have to be watched like, like, like a hawk. You watch them like a hawk at all times because they're always up to no good. Governments always, it doesn't matter if you started off with a great government, uh, without a, without, before a generation is over, it's already corrupt. The, the, the psychopaths are in there, you know, because that's where the honeypot is, all the tax money and so on. And they get in right away. You just can't do it in other way, other, you can't keep them out. All you can do is get rid of them all in one go like they did in America. And so basically, and Jefferson said the same thing, you'd have to have a revolution of regeneration to, to, to try, and keep, try and keep it fairly honest. Because power and power-hungry people are attracted to that. It's just like a, a bear going after the bee to get the honey. Uh, they can't stop themselves. That's where they always gravitate, power. And there's a lot of folk out there that are power-hungry, power-mad, in fact. But we ourselves are so predictable, as I say, that's why you always want a passive people. And lots of entertainment, of course, lots and lots of entertainment. Even Plato talked about that when they created cities. He says we've got to use that them like beehives. We can alter the cultures. And, it, and it's so easy in a city to do so because nothing, nothing is real and it's all artificial. And, of course, the money boys like it because the, the whole city runs on money. They don't grow any food. Everything comes into them. And um, but, but you've got to give them lots of entertainment, lots of entertainment. In Canada, I remember quite a few years back, uh, the snowbirds, as they called the retirees, were going to get hit when they were deregulating the cable industry for television. They were going to get hit with higher costs and so on. Now, it's the only time in Canada there was mass protests and, and people protesting uh, the government because they didn't, they didn't want to lose their cheap television programs. That's the only thing that ever really got them going. I'm talking about people who are over the age of being a student 
uh, and right up to the, to, to the, to the grey-haired ones. It's the only time they got together about something over television. The, the, the teat that they suck on, you know. And same thing happened in Poland too because and partially in Poland, I mentioned it yesterday, they came out to protest the ACTA agreements in large numbers. And um, they said that uh, the West tries to portray it that it's really all about uh, uh, that they don't want uh, to be spied on when they're downloading stuff that's illegal. But that's not really what they're protesting about at all. It's all the other laws that go with it, that are the real object of it, which is to spy on every individual. And that's not a healthy thing for people who've just got under the boot of communism. Uh, where they had secret police going around and, and finding out what they're up to and so on. Bad move on, on the part of the government there. And now, of course, the, the, there's, there's videos up too where all age groups are out protesting, actually, the very fact that the government's telling them to stop uh, going back to Christianity. And you can't wear crosses at work and all this kind of stuff. And I think the whole nation's up in arms about it because, you see, even through the whole communist era, it was the only thing that got a lot of people through was having something else to believe in. And they had to meet in secret a lot of the time. So as here we are in the West, you know, dumbed down, stupid, and there's folk who've just got under the boot of communism and, and they're not going to have it anymore. Not going to have it anymore. So good for them. Good for them. And, and of course, the government has had no uh, option but to stop and, and listen to it all. They can't just bluff their way through it and, and dictate to them when the people are making more noise than the, the politicians are. It's a pity other countries can't do the same thing. So, as I say, we're so well, uh, so well socialized in the West. We'd a, we'd a more perfect form of mind control, you see. We didn't look for the, for the jackboot coming so much, although it's all over the place now, and even then most folk accept it. But, uh, we've had more of a subtle, gradual indoctrination into the whole system. It, all the time telling us it's, it's normal, it's still normal. Oh, if, if nothing's changed, we're still normal. No, we're not. <laughs> we certainly are not normal. Uh, we've, we've moved 180 degrees, and everyone has adapted degree by degree to the, to the new normalcy. That's why they can rush ahead and do what they're doing in the Western countries. They know. They know how we think. They've got all our data. People are chattering every day, putting all the data up on their, on their Facebooks and Twittering. And the Pentagon has it all. Every government agency has it all in every country. Now, one thing that after two, and I'll put this up tonight too, from, from Cryptogron, it's about the, the farms, of course, I mentioned it before, that the children, a, that they're trying to stop children from doing work on the family farms. They'll put that up, that up. And it covers everything. It's just surprising. You can't even help gathering in the hay or anything else or, or anything to do with raw products and materials, prohibiting places of employment, etc., etc. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the end. They're trying to stop. You see, real farmers, I'm not talking about these big agri-food businesses, which take over all the farms that they put under. Uh, real farms were family farms, and, and the best farmer of, of all is someone who's grown up on the farm since a child. And they like it, and they know what they're doing. And as I mentioned so many times, the family farms got people through the Great Depression because even in towns, there was always farms around them, and they could trade, barter, and all the rest of it, and that's how they got through. 
in other countries, not just the US and Canada, but other countries as well. And they're pretty well obliterated most of them, and they're going after the rest. But once you break the ability to go intergenerationally in the farms, you've lost all that knowledge. Back with more after this break. Then you're helpless, you see. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix. You understand too, as I said, that the family farm is so important because the knowledge is passed on from, from father to son generally. And, uh, and that's how it's been for hundreds and thousands of years. Uh, they're the best farmers of all. They know how to take care of their lands, and they are the best environmentalists that you could possibly find. It's no point living on a farm if you're going to destroy it. That's not how it works. You've got to take care of that farm, and they know how to do it. And, of course, a lot of them have gone into the, the GM business, unfortunately, or been pressured into it or forced into it by blackmail from Monsanto and others. And... Um, and it's bad for them all, of course, and uh, the stuff that they're producing isn't to the quality that we really, really need to be healthy. But there are still a lot of family farms left. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot. Um, and I know even in, in the Michigan area is decimated. But um, they've been doing this across the world for years now because the plan is to, that you have to be completely dependent on the world system. Remember, uh, the United Nations was set up to be a world government, and in all, basically, forms, it actually is already, because it's all got all these agencies that simply draft up their, their new treaties, and every country signs on to them for whatever it happens to be. There's hundreds and hundreds of treaties. And um, it's also one of the biggest uh, sinks for all your cash. That's where it gets sent to, then it's supposed to be redistributed after they've taken their cuts for themselves, of course. And, um, and then put to other countries. But it goes to international corporations. And believe you me, they're big in bed with international corporations because, as I say, it was the Royal Institute of International Affairs that created the United Nations. And before that, the, the same boys created the League of Nations when they were called the Milner Group. So part of it was too for the, for to take over the food and agriculture of the entire planet. I hope you understand that's still on the go today. That's part of their, their basic charter for the Agricultural Department of the United Nations. And they have said in the past that eventually in this ideal utopia, for them, of course it's, it's their utopia, where they lord over us, they will uh, ration out the food to all the regions in the world. And they'll also mandate that you bring their populations down because they're going to give you quotas of food. And it's up to you then to bring your population down. That's no kidding. You look it up yourself and you'll find all the stuff is in it. So they work in hand in glove with the big agri-food businesses who are, are taking over the planets. Uh, Rothschilds decimated India and then took over the farms for peanuts after most of the farmers committed suicide. And they did, by the way. Look that up too. And... Um, and that they're doing the same in other countries as well, third world countries. You're paying for all that too, because believe me, these corporations get your tax dollars to help third world countries. But in the, in the West, we've already seen what they did uh, with uh, Britain. Remember too, they want you to be vegetarian only, and the only vegeta- vegetables you'll get eventually are the GM uh, group, uh, heavily soaked in pesticides. There's no doubt about it. We're already on it, most of us, unless you can really afford the so-called organic, which is normal food, 
We used to call that normal not long ago. Now it's called organic, and you pay an awful lot of cash for it. So in Britain, to get folk off meats, a while back they had the big mad cow uh, scare, massive scare, and they didn't even bother testing them once they said they'd, they'd found one or two. Only one lab, this uh, government-owned lab, was able to apparently identify this, this disease. And uh, one guy was the only specialist in the area who could actually see it. So uh, the, the whole population, pretty well across Britain, uh, of cattle and even pigs were, were destroyed. They even flew these helicopters in with guys and guns that would go into farms, gun them all down, heat them in a pile like a pyramid and set them on fire and take off to the next one. You would not believe the, the damage they cause because you will eventually be forced to be vegetarian. It ties them in with environmentalists too. They keep harping on about, my God, yes, there's all this methane, etc., blah, 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 unsustainable, yada, yada, yeah. Well, mad cow disease is now found in California. Bingo, you see. And it says the first case, of course, in the U.S., the claim was reported in late 2003 when they were burning all the ones in Britain. And it says the authorities are reported the country's first case of mad cow disease in six years. Well, we'll see how this takes off uh, and um, if they're going to go with the same route here or they're going to play it down. It depends if the food business there fights back enough. But it says the U.S. Department of Agriculture reported the country's fourth case of bovine spongiform in, in cephalopathy, it's BSE, in a Californian dairy cow, but stressed the outbreak was contained and no meat had entered the food chain. Now, you see, this is the usual stuff they give you, because all the propaganda they gave folk in Britain at the time was that it was transferred from one to the other to one to the other. And if, if, and if uh, the offspring had it, then generally the, the adults had them too, and so on and so on. But here it's saying something different. It says it was contained and all the rest of it to the one cow, and no meat had entered the food chain. And it says the first mad cow case in late 2003 caused the nation's beef exports to drop by nearly $3 billion the following year. And it says BSE cannot be transmitted through milk. The USDA remains confident in the health of the national herd and the safety of beef and dairy products. And it says, oh, the USDA, those guys who pass all the things that are bad for you, you know, will continue to communicate findings in a timely and transparent manner, the agricultural department officials said. And samples from the infected animals sent to laboratories in, I think it's Amy's, Iowa, and they were proved positive for a rare form of the disease. We mean a rare form of the disease. The disease is rare. The results are being shared with labs in Britain and Canada. And the admission of even a limited outbreak is highly sensitive. Previous cases of mad cow in the U.S., Canada, Israel, Europe, and Japan have caused disruptions to the global food trade worth billions of dollars. Believe you me, these guys are going after the whole food supply of the planet. And I really mean that, too. And, and they can play games. The big boys, believe you me, there's nothing, there's nothing honest in business. I don't care what business it is. There's nothing honest in it. It's, it's, business is war with most, most of the guys who own businesses. And the successful ones are at war all the time. And they're, they're also uh, speculating in the stock market too. All the time, remember, uh, when this kind of thing hits the news, uh, then they can really plummet uh, with the prices of beef and exports and all the rest of it. So th- these games go on as well. So you never really know what's going on or who's behind it or whatever, or even if the story is genuine or is someone just putting the claim out there, whatever. You just don't know. You don't know. And at the time, too, they said that that form uh, was caused by a prion, they called it. It's not a bacterium. It's not a virus. It's, a, it's an odd thing called a prion. And when they burned them all in Britain, uh, they said basically that the reason they burned them all in Britain, all the cattle and everything else, 
was that, uh, that you couldn't get, you couldn't destroy the prion. So you couldn't use it in, in food. In other words, you couldn't use other parts of the animal. Well, this is contradicting it here, you see. It says a stream of sanctions and restrictions were introduced. In some cases, entire herds of cattle had to be slaughtered, destroying the livelihoods of many farmers. But then it says here uh, that this stuff has been sent for rendering and made into animal feed. Well, at the beginning, they said part of the reason for the prion getting into the animal stock was that they were feeding meat to animals through rendered meats and those pellets that they give them. This story here is telling you they're going to render this, 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 this cow, you see, and it's, okay, it's, it's quite safe to put it into, into uh, animal feedstuffs. Total contradiction. So there's games going on, you see, big, big games going on. And the only way you can be absolutely sure of it supposedly is to cut the head off, kill the animal, cut the head off and test the brain. So we have no idea what's going on, but they're going to have more and more of these kind of stories coming up all the time because it ties in with so many things, including, as I say, uh, this big push to have everyone vegetarian, poisoned quickly and heavily. They'll die young too uh, when they're stuck with nothing but these GM foodstuffs to eat. These are all wars. These are war tactics. War always starts with food and water. You starve them out. Or, 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 or you put them out of an air drought, and that's it. The big magnates own pretty well the, almost the entire food supply of the planet now. Five corporations. And it'll be the same few people that have the controlling interests in every one of those corporations. Now, a cattle, uh, uh, carbon satellites are going up. There's, there's more than one up there. But uh, it says Astrium is designing a new climate satellite for the ESA, and CarbonSat project builds on experience gained with Siamachi, uh, it's called here, whatever it is. So it says Europe's leading space company will pushing ahead with the preparation of CarbonSat, the new climate satellite for the European Space Agency, over the next 22 months, nearly April 2012, announced its decision to award Astrium a contract to define the CarbonSat satellite. And... Um, so this thing's going to circle the globe and literally, uh, supposedly find out where the carbon sinks are, but it will also find out where the carbon's coming off. And believe you me, you, you're going to see SWAT teams come down if you have a fire one day. I said this years ago, they'll do that with satellites. And so they're putting them up there. So this is their utopia and your hell, and you're living through the creation of it all. Now, CISPA... Uh, the revision allows the Department of Homeland Security internet countermeasures, it says. Homeland Security uh, Secretary Janet uh, Napoleon will be authorized to intercept and use data from federal government affiliated networks, according to the new CISPA amendment. The proposed addition to a controversial surveillance bill authorizes Homeland Security agent Janet Napoleon to intercept a large portion of web and email communications and deploy countermeasures against internet-based adversaries. Now, that's a very broad term, internet-based adversaries. Well, adversaries to whom? The system, eh? And this is uh, uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, a Texas Democrat, proposed amending CISPA to give Napoleon broad authority, so broad it trumps every existing privacy and surveillance law to monitor all government networks, even ones operated by the FBI, the White House and State Department, and CISPA stands for Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. So you're seeing uh, the consolidation, really, of a new governmental system than what you're used to, 
that that really um, is above all the other ones now. It's, it's, it's just total control run by one group at the top. And um, it says they could acquire, intercept, retain, and use data that transit networks owned by the federal government or operated on its behalf by a carrier such as Verizon, Q West, and AT&T. Homeland Security could do that if it claims the surveillance would ward off cybersecurity threats. Now, cybersecurity threats can also simply be that you're putting information out over the net. You see? The amendment includes the same phrase, notwithstanding any other provision of the law that made CISPA so unloved by nearly 800,000 Internet users. So I'll put this link tonight, the link up for on this, and you can get the whole amendment. The PDF is on it too. And it says it's broad enough to sweep in government contractors and university networks such as Internet 2 and Scenic, said a telecommunications attorney who did not want to be identified because of client sensitivity. It also appears to cover open Wi-Fi networks run by federal agencies and networks and government-provided housing. So it's, uh, <laughs> I got to love the names they go. The proposed surveillance system resembles a more muscular version of the Einstein monitoring project that the Department of Homeland Security has championed for the last several years. And Napoleon says we need the legal tools to do things like monitor the recruitment of terrorists via the Internet. Last month, she asked, you understand terrorism itself is, is, is a, it's not a, a thing as such. It's, it's more of, of, of a, an emotional group or, or even individual. What is terror? What is terror? It's a state of being, you understand. And it can cover anybody who's upset about anything or, or simply retaliating by putting out alternative information to the mainstream, which they'll say is, is sensitive or detrimental to the government, opposing points of views. So I'll put that up tonight as well. And uh, it's really going after all privacy, all, all privacy, and everyone's upset about it, at least the ones who are doing something about it. Most of the public will sit back and wait for other people to do it all for them, and that's why this will go through, and and you'll end up where you'll be. And Raleigh, North Carolina, an author who studied the late the state-sponsored sterilization programs that came before Nazi Germany, uh, adopted the practice, is in North Carolina a month before lawmakers considered compensating victims. Remember, the U.S. was at it long before. The, in fact, the Germans actually said that they copied America. And uh, says Edwin Black is speaking Wednesday at the General Assembly in Raleigh and later in Research Triangle Park at events co-sponsored by Campbell University's Law School. He's authored a history of the eugenics movement in America. From 1929 to 1974, more than 7,600 people in North Carolina were surgically rendered unable to reproduce under state laws and rules that targeted people deemed unfit to be parents. Remember, too, if you were poor, they called it the poverty gene. That's, that's all. You didn't have to be mentally uh, defective, as it says here. The poverty gene was enough. They included epileptics, those considered mentally defective, and many who were simply poor. Many state lawmakers have come together on the issue, attempting to right the wrong by compensating the victims of the state sterilization program. Janice Black, who was sterilized as a teenager, says there isn't much North Carolina can do to apologize for what happened to her. And it goes on and on. But you understand they're bringing all this back again. And the U.S. has been criticized uh, for helping fund in Britain, too, by the way. Britain's, Britain's just been criticized in the Indian papers. I've tried to get the link for you tonight uh, for sending millions of dollars over there to sterilize uh, the poorer Indians in India. That's a mainstream story, actually. Uh, but um, 
the U.S. has also been funding uh, uh, through the United Nations, and they sterilized lots and lots of people in Chile, for instance, and Peru. Peru was another one, too. They told the women they were, were going to just give them a checkup and end up sterilizing them, thousands of them. What a wonderful world we really... See, you've you got to get out of this TV mode of leave it to beaver, beaver you know, and, and happy days and all that rubbish that's come ever since. And look at life as it really, it really is. Because you see, uh, are you expecting cartoon characters to come out and do all this for you? It's up to you and your own conscience. Now, I'll also put a link up tonight about the U.S. military's fights to uh, give uh, the fight the negative perception of the pain ray that they're going to be using shortly on people where you can't stand in the same position, it burns you in the whole bits. It's got different settings on it, didn't mention it in the movie, but um, they've used it in other countries in high settings and even fried people. But uh, in the West, of course, they give it, they even bring you in the, in the mainstream TV guys to watch it on a very low setting and they just jump out the way, oh, that's nasty sort of stuff. But anyway, they're fighting the negative perception of the pain rate. I'll put that documentary, or the link up tonight on it as well. And Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera, of course, as you know, pretty well everybody who's, who works in it is from the BBC. They're all trained by the BBC. And um, the former producer of it has just left because he says uh, the reports about plots against Libya and Syria uh, were basically fake. And they were being told to put them in by superiors and he couldn't handle it anymore. It's just propaganda. So I'll put that link up tonight. And you can see that one for yourselves. Uh, see, everything is propaganda when it comes down to it. Also, I'm putting up tonight Agenda 21, The End of Western Civilization, Part 4, by Kathleen Merkert. And it's, uh, it says the ICLEI, the Unelected Councils and Other NGO Vehicles, Promoting Agenda 21, Sustainable Development and the New World Order. And you've got to go through the whole lot to understand what's happening today in your own countries and you don't get a vote on any of it back with more after this break hi folks i'm back cutting through the matrix and there's uh, tom from wisconsin on the line if he's still there are you there tom yeah, I'm here, Alan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Excellent. Um, I, I just wanted to call in tonight because um, I, there was something that I don't think that gets said very often, and um, that is that, that basically you can look on – there's a number of websites, but if you search like America's uh, American laws uh, most Americans don't know about or truth about the U.S. government, it's very easy to see that, that the whole – basis for all of these crazy things that are now being done in the name of protecting us from terrorism have already been laid out in, in more broader uh, laws and, and, and declarations and such in the past. And, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, I, I'm at this point where I don't even think that we can look to the past so much for the way forward, but we have to look at it as you know, the kind of like the cow patties that you've mentioned before where, you know, these are the things we definitely want to avoid as we formulate what the future is going to be. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, like, it's like the things that are happening now are just mere symptoms 
of, of what cancers have already been injected into the, the body politic yeah. through all those previous laws and declarations that are sort of, you know, in the dusty bins of history that are, sure. you know, tucked away in a corner in the congressional library that most people will never, ever hear about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually, you, you can't go back either because the whole system is so corrupt. You can't go back. You, you, the boys who own and control all the power of every country isn't just America. Uh, they're all they're, they're one big gang across the world now. You see, and they have no intentions of going back to anything except maybe uh, peasants working in fields one day. Who knows? And uh, and, and their ideal up to their ideal life really the new, the new feudal system as I've called it and Carl Quigley called it that. It's going to be a new feudal system. And um, that's what they want, a simple living simply with a small population and the big corporations running the world as, as overlords. That's already here. That's here now. And um, the people themselves have never figured out what kind of system they want. You can't say, well, I want this one because it's totally corrupt. You understand? There's a dilemma. There's the paradox of trying to keep something even though it's utterly corrupt up to this point, you cannot keep that system. You have to go elsewhere or forward on something else. But no one can verbalize actually what they want. That's it. They, they want all parts of the corrupt system as well. Enough to be pulled out later, like you said before. And, I mean, basically, basically, I, I, I want your honest assessment. I think it's going to take an armed conflict between those that don't want to be ruled between those, between those that don't want to be ruled and the, the enforcers of the big boys yeah. that you often refer to. H.G. Wells, H.G. Wells said that. He said, uh, he says, many will fight and die eventually against the new world order, he says, uh, uh, hopelessly, he said, hopelessly. And because these guys at the top are not, I mean, look what they're prepared, they're prepared for total war on the people. Total war, not on people overseas, no, on their own people. They are prepared for total war. They have signed treaties uh, under NATO and all the other countries to come to each other's aid if anything happens within their countries because these guys know there's going to be conflict down the road. They've been training internal armies for about 25 years for what's coming up now because everything that happens is planned years in advance, including the effects on the public. And when the public start to starve and looking at all the, all the laws that are running, running down with all the carbon laws to come and the value-added taxes that would go up to one incredible amount once they bring them into America, um, the Americans literally haven't a clue what's going to hit them. They, they haven't had that. They've never had 25 to 28% value-added tax on, on top of everything that you buy, even a chocolate bar, you know. So they have no idea what's going to hit them. And uh, if they think it's bad now, with the dollar being low, with its purchasing power, with 10 years uh, gradual inflation, that's the policy, that's the only policy that the Federal Reserve has said they've got in place, is a gradual inflation over 10 years. Uh, Of course there's going to be riots as folk lose their their, their jobs and their, their, um, they can't buy food, it's too expensive. Look Look at the price of it now. The slashing welfare... They know that's going to cause riots. But uh, the public have got to understand that this is all worked out in advance. Yep. Every single part of it is worked out in advance. And they're going to decide if they're going to go down with the ship or, or do they want a new system. If they want a new system, they've got to be involved in it somehow, even with their conscience.
From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, is good night to me. Your God, your God, go with you.